Hello and welcome to episode four of the podcast. Um, today's guest is Stephen Schneider. Stephen helps creators simplify strategies and build communities through content on LinkedIn. And he has a background in building a portfolio of affiliate marketing websites, um, which will be the core topic of today's discussion. Um, hey, Stephen, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going, Joe? Thanks for having me. Good, thank you. Glad to have you on. So you're so you've been very active on LinkedIn recently um, and sort of putting out some great stuff that helps people um, with their content strategy and, uh, and looking and thinking about building communities through LinkedIn and stuff like that. Um, but prior to that, you had a background in building a portfolio of affiliate websites. So I'll, I'll let you kick off and, and tell everybody um, sort of a little bit about the project, if you like, and, uh, and go yeah. from there. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um... So yeah, I kind of got into that world around like late 2018, early 2019. Uh, I was in my last kind of last year of college and studying finance and entrepreneurship and uh, kind of was just looking at the big picture and kind of what the next steps were going to look like after graduation. And uh, around that same time, I reconnected with uh, kind of a family friend who was also taking entrepreneurship class with me at the same time. And uh, we were working on a, a project together and we had like one of those like PowerPoint slides that looks like a team presentation and, you know, had a couple bullet points about like each of us and what like what we like to do or just like, you know, about us slide, I guess, so to speak. And his bullet point said uh, entrepreneur slash business owner. And I was like, come on, like stop making making this stuff up for class. You know, like, what are you doing? And he's like, no, no, this is all legit. And um so then obviously it kind of you know poked and pestered and kind of had him shine light on that and uh he kind of opened up the world of you know making money online and uh showed me how he is already kind of you know pretty successful in uh, affiliate marketing and you know as amazon associates and a couple other different affiliate programs at that time and uh yeah he kind of just you know showed me just the system and how much he was making. And, you know, at that time, you know, I was you know, the, the broke college student era, you know, anything, anything over a hundred dollars, is just like, you, you won the lottery at that gonna point. Gonna jump at it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, I kind of, I kind of saw that as like the, the golden ticket opportunity, I guess you can call it. And uh, so I, I kind of put my studies to the side. You know, I went from, you know, a, a relatively good student um, to, you know, scraping by you know definitely didn't bail out but didn't wasn't wasn't my 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 core focus i'll say that yeah and uh yeah the studies yeah, stop being a priority when something like that comes yeah, along absolutely yeah so um so yeah, anyways who i i kind of you know started bugging him and just saying okay like teach me this and like you know how does this work and so he'd give me little i guess like side tasks or probably something just to buy himself time for me bugging him to be honest but uh you know it's just like go read this article or you know go watch this or you know do this and then eventually those those projects pretty much snowballed into bigger tasks and um long story short that kind of evolved into us starting uh, a project together which was a uh a, a barbecue slash smoker website for like smoking meats and stuff like that um and he happened to have this domain that he Pretty much forgot about and he's like here like this is you know kind of a burner website like didn't even know i still had it like you can kind of use this as your kind of template to learn on like you can't break it nothing will go wrong just do whatever you want so 
um, I kind of looked at that as like a green light and really kind of just became addicted to this idea of making money online. And I can kind of remember like a very like clear picture when I like saw like the first sale come through on Amazon Associates and like seeing that dashboard just being like, oh, this this can work. Like this can make money. And yeah. it was like maybe 50 cents at the time or a dollar, like whatever it was. But yeah, it sparked the fire. Exactly. Like once I knew that like some random person had like found our website through their search and clicked through to Amazon and made a purchase. And it was like literally all because, you know, of this blog and this article, I was like, it just, it was, it became very clear to me that this was, this was kind of the path. Um, so yeah, we scaled up that website and, um, one turned into two and I, um, eventually kind of became introduced to Flippa and empire flippers, which are kind of like the, um, you know, marketplace for buying and selling and flipping websites and other mm -hmm. kind of online businesses. And um, I found this, this really cheap um, kind of what I now know is like a <laughs> black hat SEO site, which I probably would never sure. advise, but at the time, <laughs> like I had no idea. And so I was just like, oh, this seems like a golden opportunity. Um, we picked that up and, you know, published a, a pretty good sprint of content on it. And because of the links that it had, it started working really well and it was kind of like this massive like cash grab run where you know i think within i think within like three or four months we got it from like like ten dollars per month to like four or five thousand dollars per month and uh again this was still in college and i was just like literally felt like i had like made it rich and i was like i'm gonna just quit school like i'm not yeah. doing anything and uh, yeah i think for anybody it, like, it's yeah it was yeah Anybody that's spent any time at college or, or university and living that lifestyle, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And like the, I think the bigger picture I kind of looked at too was the, uh, the opportunity that came with making this more of a business and seeing that, you know, cause if those sites, the way it works is very similar to real estate with selling it on a multiple. So if a site was making, you know, three to four K per month, that meant that effectively we could sell it for, you know, 30 X that. So, um, you know, it was in the ballpark estimate of like, you know, mm -hmm. 90 to hundred K depending on the multiple. So at that rate, you know, it became a numbers game and like how quickly can we build these sites and where was opportunity and learning SEO and learning content strategy. Um, and then around that same time, um, my friend was working with a kind of pre-existing business partner that he'd been working with for about a year or two. And around the time of graduation, I started working for them as like a content manager was kind of um you know i was managing one of their sites pretty much and it was like i think our, our goal when i joined was publish 15 articles per month um which sounds funny to say just based on what you're going to hear as we scaled up but um it was yeah it was it was just one site and then um you know probably six months in we kind of had a, a discussion between the three of us and it was just like you know what are we doing like you know my friend and i had just graduated and our other partner was i think he's about 10 years older than us. So, you know, he's kind of in his corporate grind at that point. And, uh, you know, we just kind of said like, let's do this. Like, let's, let's double down and see where this can go and like ride this wave. And so that's what we did. We, we started just building websites. We were kind of, you know, we were either building, buying, or kind of like trying to acquire, um, through cold outreach about one per month at that rate. Okay. And, um, yeah, I think that you know, that kind of quickly became like a snowball effect of building the portfolio and 
reinvesting and reinvesting and building teams and systems and being able to like automate and delegate and systemize in order to kind of grow this content machine. And yeah, at our probably around our peak, we had about 40 websites at total. And I would say like active websites, you know, which ones we were like actively publishing content to. Uh, it was about 25, 30 different sites uh, mixed between mostly affiliates, some e-commerce. Um, we had, you know, 30-ish contractors overseas, um, one actual like U.S. full-time employee and like, like, you know, probably one or two U.S. contractors. Um, so yeah, we quickly scaled that up and um, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a pretty wild ride, you know, with the that much content. Like I said, the when I started, it was like, one goal for one month was 15 articles and sure. you know across the portfolio we were publishing 300 to 400 articles per month um, with a massive team and system in place so um and all that happened within three years so i mean it was just like a massive just sprint rapid growth <laughs> yeah 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 it was a blast yeah, that, that's crazy uh, just for context uh, r- roughly when was it that you were building the, the portfolio of websites yeah so the 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 kind of massive growth phase was right around 2019 probably right into 2020 um and that was kind of like when we were just like full steam ahead um and then based on just when covid hit um there was a couple like black swan events in the industry you know with some massive google updates um like algorithm changes amazon was also kind of going through COVID impacts, just like all of us were. And, you know, they adjusted their emission rates, kind of slashed those in half overnight. So yeah, it kind of, you know, it was this massive hockey stick growth up until about 2021 when the world was, you know, kind of <laughs> put yeah. to test. And, Everything uh, got shut down for a while. Ex- yeah, exactly. And then kind of uh, started to switch gears around 2021, 2022. So yeah, no, interesting. Really, really cool um and then so for me as a as a content marketer um at the moment the 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 big thing there the the thing that blows my mind is like how do you approach writing that volume of articles how do you manage something like that how do you find the keywords how do you um so maybe you could break that down a little bit for us and and talk about how how you and your team um sort of approach that yeah absolutely so um my friend and kind of the core partner and mentor that had kind of like started this all, he he had been building websites since about 2010-ish. So like right when SEO was like still considered, you know, the wild west of online marketing, you could pretty much do anything and rank a website in like 24 hours. It was great. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have the luxury of dabbling in SEO at that time, but he yeah. did. So he kind of used that as his stepping stone to really kind of kickstart his entrepreneurial journey and learn SEO and learn affiliates and all that sort of stuff. And so he was kind of like the the core strategist, I guess you can call it, for our kind of partnership and kind of helped steer the ship. And he did a lot of the keyword research and just kind of general like do this versus don't do that mentality, which was great because he had that experience and can kind of act as the mentor for all of us. Um, and then my other partner was, his background was in um, like systems and logistics and, um, you know, really able to kind of take a look at, you know, anything that was had moving parts and kind of say like, here's the bottleneck and here's how we would optimize it ahead of time to ensure that it's not gonna break 
or kind of be stressed when we kind of anticipate it. Um, so that was great because, you know, he was able to kind of predict and kind of see things ahead of time. And that's kind of what really led to us being able to scale as quickly as we did. Um, and then my role in the company was the kind of like people manager and kind of that was like the missing trifecta in theirs because, you know, when I joined, they were like, we don't like managing people. You know, we don't <laughs> like talking to people. We don't like that aspect. So like, here's that baton. And it was perfect because I'm um, a great mix between intro and extra for personality. Like, you know, I love doing stuff like this, having conversations and, you know, talking to people or Slack and like all the kind of things that are required to lead a team. And so um, that was kind of like where my role was and kind of making sure that, you know, a lot of the team knew what they were doing at all times. And I could kind of communicate with them on strategy and systems and then kind of take that to the team and kind of run with it and implement it. So it was kind of this like fine balance between like the three of us working on a strategy and kind of uh, planning and kind of doing all the organization and then kind of passing that over to me and the team and kind of making sure that we could kind of execute and see it through to the end. Yeah, they're really cool. But uh, yeah, I think, oh, sorry. I think the other thing was too about your question with the content um that that was all outsourced so we'd have to obviously we can't write that like no one's writing that much no. content <laughs> um so yeah we we worked with uh you know dozens of people from like um you know upwork we had a couple of different content agencies um but yeah i mean the outlines um i know writing is definitely a taxing event there's there's no no doubts there but yeah the outlines were kind of the that's the that was the really difficult part was prepping imagine. that many briefs because you know they have to be done in advance so that when somebody gets content on the first it can kind of be done so we're you know we're doing content you know two months out in advance just for you know trying to make sure that we're always ahead of schedule and there's no kind of kinks in the system um but yeah yeah you can't no one's you can't write that that much content by yourself so it's no just just three guys in a room just smashing <laughs> yeah. that's all it um, takes, content yeah. non-stop yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, um, brilliant. Uh, and you say you used a mixture of agencies and freelancers and stuff to sort of pull that off. Um, yeah, so we 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 kind of experimented a lot in the early days. Um, we while we were actually in college, um, we had this kind of epiphany, I guess you can call it, where we were like, "What are college kids really good at? Writing papers." So we actually like contacted our like the same college that we went to and like posted on job boards there and would work with pretty much our peers who didn't know it and would like pay them to write these like affiliate review based articles and kind of had like, you know, a small army of student writers. And then the downside to that obviously is that when we have finals or major tests, so today, so like everyone at one time was just pretty much like shut shut down. down. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So we're like, okay, well that doesn't work. So um, then we kind of migrated to like Upwork and Fiverr and tried that. And then, um, you know, it kind of worked for a little bit, but once we kind of started getting into the the upper ranks of scale, it kind of really required like a hands-on agency that could have like a dedicated manager and like a support assistant, like somebody we can communicate with and have these calls. And um, yeah, that was pretty much like the only way to go once you're kind of in that the upper level. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, I think a big thing that you touched on there, and I think we discussed a little bit last time, was the idea of having somebody as a bit of a mentor um, sort of guide you through the journey. Um, 
do you, want, do you want to touch on that a little bit? I, I know that sort of, I'm almost going to say it for you, but I know that you're a believer in mentors and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that was definitely the the turning point for me, I think, where, you know, I kind of realized that entrepreneurship and making money online and like all of the kind of things that came with the industries that we're in and so familiar with now, um, that was not even like a thought in my mind. You know, when I was in college, it was literally the the idea of like, okay, I'm going to college to get a degree and that degree is going to be the catalyst to support my life and my family, et cetera. And so like, I have to almost make this degree is worthwhile is kind of how I thought it was going to be. And so like, was very on the path of going finance, MBA, do the, check the boxes, get the corporate job, you know, get your raises, et cetera. Um, but yeah, my, my friend really kind of showed me a different path and I'm not, I'd say I'm not, I'm pretty risk adverse. Um, had somebody just like showed me that online or I watched a random YouTube video, I definitely would have never taken it upon myself to kind of poke into that and explore it and fail. And, you know, that's the biggest thing is like having the ability to be alongside my peers and my friends in that system and fail as a team and like knowing that it wasn't a failure and being like, okay, this is the end of the road. It was just like, okay, we learned from this. Let's move on and kind of do it differently next time was a really good way for me to kind of get my feet wet and have the, the expertise and the com camaraderie and kind of everything that is needed in like a perfect recipe to get to those legs up. Because like, you know, as we all know, like anybody who's a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, like it's so difficult to push past those lulls and to be in like, you know, the dark space of imposter syndrome and negative self-talk yeah. and being burnt out and just having like, like what's the point mentality. And sure. it, it really takes a lot of um, kind of just either a support system or like something to kind of bring you out of that and say like, yeah. no, let's just keep doing this, put your head down. It's going to be fine. And so be in that boat we've used to just, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, that, that was kind of the biggest part, I think from a mentor stake, but like, you know, just the, the knowledge gained from somebody who's been there, done that, um, I think is, is so overlooked because I don't know, it seems like most of the time from people I've talked to on LinkedIn look currently, um, they acknowledge the importance of a mentor, but, um, it's really hard to find a good mentor because I think that personally I was like you know, all through college, they always say the same thing. It's like, you had to find a mentor. You got to find somebody you can learn from and kind of go take, you take under their wing. And in my mind, I was like, okay, I got to find somebody who's close to retirement and has like 50 years sure. of knowledge. I think that's how and, most people think about mentors, yeah. right? That they've got to find some stranger um, that's out there, been there, done it. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. And like to, you know, to my surprise, it was actually a friend of mine who was like two years younger than me, like somebody I had never even expected would be this mentor and friend. And then to also get introduced to a second mentor, his partner, and now this is another very close friend of mine. And he was the person who kind of taught me all about systemizing and, you know, working with like finances and doing like all of this, like team management and how to kind of automate and delegate and systemize processes so that you can scale. And so like, that's where a lot of that knowledge came from. 
And uh, yeah, I just think that, you know, I really kind of owe those guys my life and feel like, you know, they, I would have been on a completely different path had it not been for that kind of, um, that kind of core friendship and mentorship. And I, I really just can't stress the importance of like finding that. And, you know, if you can't find it, then like, don't go looking for it. It's almost like the ability to recognize it when it comes up and kind of yeah. recognize the opportunity and being able to capitalize on that, I think yeah. is, is really important. Um, but yeah, no, I think I, I cannot like stress the, the joy and cheer and kind of appreciation I have for mentorship. I think it's the, I think it's the way to go. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm sold. You've, uh, you've, you've convinced me, um, <laughs> but no, uh, it, it does. It makes a lot of sense. And, uh, especially even the last bit, right. The, the fact that you, you've touched on on it there with like, don't go looking for it. Um, just sort of keep your eyes open for it. And I think, um, this is actually sort of leads into the next topic nicely. That happens with most things, right? If you, um, you sort of, if you prepare yourself to the best, uh, uh, and don't actively go looking for things, but if you're, if you're prepared and you are ready to take an opportunity and then you just sort of get yourself in the mindset of looking for opportunities, that's kind of the best way to move forward in things. And I, I've always found personally, um, that all of the best stuff happens that way. Um, so I, I guess on, on the back of that, another thing that we touched on um, a little bit recently, your opinions on um, sort of seeking opportunities and just keeping your eyes open for opportunities. And um, like this was obviously a massive opportunity. It was the right time to be getting into the affiliate world. Maybe now not so much. Um, but I think I'll, I'll sort of hand over to you and um, let's just dive into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely see, you know, I think that it's even worse nowadays, um, just based on there being this abundance of information and opportunity and, you know, shiny object syndrome at its finest. You know, there's there's always going to be the next guru or person or influencer saying, you know, dangling this carrot on a stick saying, look how much money I'm making. Come do this. It's only five steps. Buy my course, et cetera. And in reality, it's it's the opposite. It takes five years. It's you know twelve hours a day, and it's you know like a lot of money, and yeah. capital, and risk, and um, not only capital meaning financial capital, but you know like mental and um, time and just general resources. And so, yeah, I think that the ability to recognize opportunities is is definitely a trained. Um, practice in itself you know so many people can say oh i'm going to focus on personal branding or i'm going to focus on copywriting whatever it may be but i think that the ability to kind of put the blinders on and like steer away from other distractions is kind of what separates many people from success and failure um just because you know the the time it takes to build in that consistency i mean linkedin is a perfect example where i think that anybody who's on LinkedIn is a, a very good right place, right time opportunity. You know, we're, with LinkedIn, we're seeing this massive shift in what I often refer to as like old LinkedIn versus new LinkedIn. Like, you know, there was this, and I have, I've had my LinkedIn since like 2010. I think it was like a requirement at one time to like make a, a LinkedIn account at high school or something like that. Yeah, and I, I honestly actually remember just, having that class uh, yeah. in the UK where we were like, you need to think about your personal brand. You need to get on LinkedIn and, and 
personal branding then is a very different thing to what it is now and, and linkedin sure. is massively different so yeah yeah and and just seeing that and you know like you know i've had like this the link that i have now is the same account that i made in 2010 but you know the dust the dust was pretty thick when i came back to it in 2022 <laughs> 2023 and uh you know it wasn't until i Kind of sort of poke it around because like around the time that i left the company with my partners and the portfolio and all that sort of stuff i left in uh, march of 2022 i kind of just took the year off to kind of decompress and kind of float around and try a few different you know side projects and whatnot and then kind of stumbled upon linkedin because i was in the process of kind of job hunting and kind of seeing what it was like and i was like okay well like you know if i'm going to do this like that's when I still have this mindset about old LinkedIn, which was, you know, build your connections and build your resume and like all these fancy buzzwords and keywords, et cetera. And it's just like, I came, like I was like on it. And I was just like, this is not the same LinkedIn. Like what, what is this? It's like this, it, it actually reminded me of like, if you were on Twitter in like the early days, mm -hmm. like before Twitter is kind of the dumpster fire that it is now, like sure. it was this kind of, place to build community and like kind of be creative and make it whatever you want it to be and i think that that's kind of the beauty of linkedin now is that you know anybody who builds consistency into their routine um will see growth it's not even like a question of you know like if it's going to happen it's just win um and like building the community around that and like engaging with people and um the global aspect too, I think is huge just because LinkedIn algorithm is so keen to spreading your profile to people globally that yeah. that's kind of like why we're seeing such massive growth with people like, you know, take Justin Welsh, for example, a guy has like 400,000 followers, which on like LinkedIn's term is like, you know, 10 million Instagram followers. Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, that makes you like a serious influencer on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, because I mean like, power. Yeah, and like just well, especially because like the uh, like the CPC on LinkedIn is so high that if you like mm -hmm. equate your CPC to your followers, that it's like, you know, for every follower you have, it's like, you, if you have a following of like you know ten thousand people, like you can that's like spending like fifty k a month on ads, pretty much, yeah. and you're just getting that for free. Um, yeah. And I think that like that's the power is just like recognizing the opportunity and seeing that like <laughs> I kind of I kind of looked at. Uh, personal branding as this like the analogy of um selling pickaxes during a gold rush I think is kind of what that is or whatever it is you know like kind of kind of like assisting people during the wave because I still don't feel like the 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 real LinkedIn wave has come like we're kind of like treading water kind of waiting for the wave to come and when it does like we're going to be kind of prepped and primed just because like I've even seen a few like TikTok influencers who are now starting to promote their self on LinkedIn. And I'm like, oh, if they're starting to do this now, like it, it hasn't even begun. Yeah, really. yeah. Like we're so early. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, and I think um, you nailed it earlier, really, when you said like about sort of the early days of Twitter and stuff like that. It definitely feels like that for me. Um, like, I, I don't know if you've read uh, Crushing It by Gary Vee, um, but he goes quite in deep into like the early, early days of Twitter because that's where he kind of, um or one of the platforms that he sort of got started properly and uh, uh, uh and with that like you see just like the consistency and like the whole platform doesn't really know what it is yet the whole community is still trying to figure everything out and because of that it's just it's a wild time to be on there um and, and again like you say like the organic reach is just insane on linkedin 
you can put out a single post with you know sub 1000 followers uh, and reach more than that without putting a penny to it so just it's, it's crazy oh, yeah no it's yeah it's insane i mean like i was just talking to somebody about the other day the other day it's just like you know my followers at this time i think i'm like maybe not even 1750 like just yeah. shy of 2k and like one of my posts last week has over like a hundred thousand impressions on it and like yeah. just the ability to reach that many people with content without having to pay for it or without having to have you know an m next year following count or something like that it's it, it's that's the opportunity and like that's kind of where it's like somebody was you know recently said to me like like what like how did you like think to see linkedin as opportunity and i'm like if you if you read like five posts from people who have you know like following like justin wells for example like the writings on the wall like that dude yeah. clearly states how much money he's making he makes like you know a couple hundred thousand dollars a month off of yeah. his products and it's like if you read that and don't think that's an opportunity then it's like you're just your eyes are closed <laughs> like it's just yeah it's crazy to me exactly that and then once you go just a little bit beneath the surface and down that rabbit hole like it's not just one or two people living that um sort of taking advantage of that scale that like there are a lot of people that are doing very well on linkedin right now um it's just right and i think that, and that's the beauty of it is like you know it's obviously he's the one percent but like like you're saying it the ability to build a brand and know that that's going to be a revenue stream or if people want to incorporate their services or you know however you choose to use that tool that tool is there and sharp and ready to use i think and that's the beauty of it is being able to kind of like passively build this thing in the background just from like you know semi-consistent effort and like working on the weekends or whatever because like in my case like i write you know i i have a full-time job and like i do all this sort of stuff so like linkedin is really like a 30 minute time block in the morning and like i write all my content on the weekends and like bulk write and then schedule it out so it's like yep you know i, I isn't that's that's kind of the growth i'm, hack. I, I, I'm in a very similar <laughs> boat to be honest yeah yeah um yeah no exactly that the fact that you can build something uh with just just blocking out a little bit of time each week and you can build that kind of community that kind of following and, and you know have that tool at your disposal is crazy yeah. um yeah cool so um whilst we're on the subject of linkedin um and i'll i'll cut this bit if you don't want it in but did, did you want to talk about um the the, the product that you're working on or uh, yeah are ready to talk about that yeah yeah no i'm i'm, I'm pumped to talk about it i'm ready um yeah it hasn't come cool. out yet so depending on when when this airs i guess time will tell but yeah um yeah we're working on a um a hook book i guess is what it, we can call it the, the title is still up for debate but um yeah we're in the process of building a um 365 day hook book which will um you know very very similar to other content creators who have like templates and all this sort of stuff we're hoping to create a massive library of hooks um the goal is somewhere around 400 that people would be able to buy and that each of those hooks would be you know mobile optimized um and templatized and categorized and kind of assisted with a strategy that helps people kind of curate their content with some sort of structure um because one of the things that kind of helped me curate my strategy was having this content that um, kind of was attributed to different types of value add that the community would kind of benefit from. So for example, you know, having a post that was 
aspirational or inspirational or a thought leadership, et cetera, whatever it might be for that specific day. Um, so what we've been doing is kind of creating hooks that will align with those values and kind of making sure that, you know, the hooks work not only for the content creators, but also for the people on the receiving end as well. So that the community kind of has, um, you know, kind of trying to make this a win-win approach. Um, yeah. So yeah, it'll be a pretty exciting event where I think we're probably, you know, the goal is somewhere in the June 1st range. I think that, that that's, uh, we're still on track for that, but yeah, it should be fun. We're uh, really excited. My, my team and I have been working on this for probably about two months now. So trying to play it smart and try to play it slow and um, don't want to rush anything. Kind of want to make this a really high quality product for the community at large. So yeah, excited about it. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's pretty much everything, um, Stephen. But uh, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to get in touch, if they want to find out about the book or um, or anything else, what's the best place for them to do that? Uh, yeah, my LinkedIn would pretty much be the, the best place to do that. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at forward slash Schneis. It's just S-C-H-N-E-I-S. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much good. But you can also search my name or you can find me through your LinkedIn also. So yeah, that's going to be pretty much the primary place I'm hanging out nowadays. Perfect. Okay, Stephen, thanks for that. And uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Joe.